Hi, this is Eugene Jarvis, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit! This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, no-death runs, high-score runs, uh, collector of all things, vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. I also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. All right, it's the time for the target renegade. <laughs> Here we go. Oh my lord, how far this this series has fallen. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's time to destroy this one. Start with the wallpaper here and, and compare this one to the others. Oh, yeah. So, Target Renegade. It's uh, another scrolling beat em up. We started with the uh, with the VGBS episodes. We started with the glorious Double Dragon 2 and then backpedaled all the way to the originator of Renegade. Well, what had happened was they decided to continue the Renegade name and Ocean Software, which use their Imagine label, where they, like, had, like, multiple different labels back in the day. You had your Konamis and your Ultras and things. And Ocean and Imagine decided to continue the series. Uh, the NES version was published by Taito and is nothing to do with the Kunio-kun series. The idea was is that the license was to convert the original arcade game to the home computers... And Target Renegade was the first of these computer home computer-only sequels. Most of the formats, the game is one or two players, with the Nintendo version we're going to talk about only being one player. And essentially, uh, you're going after Mr. Big and going for your brother. And the classic is the um, the little kick on the front cover of the box art. It doesn't really have much relation to the character in the game. However, the picture is based on martial artist Joe Lewis from a, a book cover that he did. Like, it's um basically out of Master Bruce Lee's fighting system. Yeah, so you guys gotta search that and you'll see, like... <laughs> it's like one-to-one. How close that picture really is to the cover. It's just a classic. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of how um Mike Winterbar used to do. He used to like take pictures of himself and then draw it with all the fantasy stuff over it. It's kind of what a lot of these artists back in the late 80s and early 90s used to do is they would take pictures. Like this one took the picture from the Joe Lewis uh cover and then they like draw art and this time being the Target Renegade guy. It's, like, pretty funny to me, actually. That's pretty <laughs> so, awesome. I, yeah, I just love those little factoids. And what's interesting, though, is the Taito deal, because they published Renegade for the NES as well. So yeah. then when you see the Taito also published this, Target Renegade, you would think... It's a sequel. A true <laughs> sequel. But once you play it, you realize, okay, this isn't definitely not programmed by Technos. 
Yeah. It looks like most of them are American programmers or Canadian or something, but not <laughs> Japanese. Let's put it that way. So interestingly is like the musical composers um some of those guys actually had a, a little bit of a um history with other games with the series. And the music's really good in this game. It's probably one of the best parts about it. Cuz it's got that Commodore 64 feel. Uh Tim Fallon did the music for the NES version of this game and he did a crap ton of of like actual music. Like it's it's insane. So he did the NES version. Um he did Bionic Commando on the Commodore. Okay. Um he did Sky Shark on the NES. Oh nice. Yeah, which is excellent. Um a lot of Commodore sixty four. It's a he's a you know, a British guy. He also did a lot of ZX Spectrum and Amiga Atari ST stuff. Um other stuff. Magic Johnson's fast break on the NES. Oh cool. <laughs> I'm just gonna go through the stuff we know. Yeah. Solstice. Oh, which has one of the longest running title uh, songs of all time. It's like upwards of three minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. I mean, yeah, his his shit's amazing. And there's a co-composer, Jeff Fallon. So we got to assume that's his brother, cousin, something like that. Yeah, Silver Surfer, Pictionary, Tom and Jerry and Tuffy, uh, Kiwi Craze, Treasure Master, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the Taito version, <laughs> like tons. Kiwi Craze is fucking an awesome game. Yeah. The the New Zealand story. Yes, yes. Dude. Uh, Treasure Master is interesting because there's a kid in the forest level of Target Renegade, like on the the uh, skateboard, and he kind of looks like the Treasure Master guy with the hat. And the creepy-ass smiley face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't think they have a direct correlation because the programmers are different, but yeah. Dude, this guy just, like, as the 16-bit era kicked off, though, he and his brother, and we'll call him his brother, um, <laughs> they uh, <laughs> they created some awesome stuff like Rock and Roll Racing, which is, like, one of the best soundtracks in that era, um, covering all the different classics. Uh, Super Off-Road, Equinox, Plock, Time Tracks. Plock. <laughs> yeah, like... Good old Plock. Ken Griffey Jr., Major League Baseball. Oh, okay. Which is funny because that the Ken Griffey Jr. The song was kind of like the Doors, Peace Frog. Yeah. So that's interesting too. It's like like tons and tons of games all the way up to like PS2 and PS3 games. Like <laughs> crazy though. This guy's like a legend. Pretty much. Yeah. And also did Target Renegade. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, that's about the only good part about Target Renegade. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as the Mr. Big that you mentioned with the boss, um, I was like listing off you know, the shameless rip-off aspects. So with Narc, the boss is Mr. Big as well. But um, they both came out in 1988, so I'm not really sure if it was just a weird coincidence. Both are named Mr. Big. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so... Who knows? Who's to say? <laughs> I I mean, I would say the definitive version would have to be Target Renegade over NARC. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> there goes the credibility of the bullshit, boys. <laughs> right down the shitter. <laughs> and we're definitely going to have to cover NARC because that's a Eugene Jarvis masterpiece. So that's definitely coming up in the future. So many stories. I used to play the shit out of that game. 
I'm more the NES version, <laughs> as always. And it's cool now that we played Smash TV just to kind of see the Eugene Jarvis aspects once we get to the arcade version. And there we go. We got the Mr. Big correlation down the rabbit hole we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least they won't go to Target Renegade this time. <laughs> And we're we're gonna try to explain the difference of Target Renegade versus the real, the actual Renegade, and why it really fails. Yeah, a lot of people try to talk shit about games, but they don't really provide any substance to why that is. Oh yeah, and I would say like the first thing to me is just the limited amount of special moves that you get. I mean, I, I wouldn't even really call a jump kick a, sp- a special move. So besides the jump kick, the only other thing besides punches and kicks that you can really do is like a like a sweep kick, a little crouch like a crouch nub kick. That's what I call it. Yeah. So we'll never. Um, <laughs> other than that, though, it's really just punch kick and jump kick. So with that, it's severely limited. Like you notice by level two or three, it's like man, it gets really mundane and like monotonous. And basically, if you don't keep doing the nub, crouch, sweep, nub your nubber, nubber kick, you um take damage. So you basically might as well just keep doing that little crouch kick, and it gets very boring. Yeah, the the kick, the normal kick and the crouch kick, that's pretty much how I got through the whole game, just keeping like distance, keeping enough distance between the, the guys, and then just making sure you pick up all the hearts that are dropped for the health. Yeah. And they disappear very fast. <laughs> and the big thing that I noticed, too, like, at the end of each level, your whole life bar doesn't get replenished. Yeah. That's brutal, though, because it's like, really? So they only give... Once you beat the boss, they only give you a certain amount of health. Um, it kind of, like, rounds up, and it's it's in, like, intervals of... I'm not sure if, if it's in, like, quarter intervals or thirds or whatever, but it kind of rounds up to the next interval. But, um... The hearts that get dropped actually leave a lot of health, too. The thing is, you actually have to press down. You have to basically kick the heart. <laughs> That's what I would do. Yeah, like down and, and the button. It gets kind of overly complicated. Same with the jump kick. You have to press up and attack to do the jump kick instead of just like A and B together, like Double Dragon or Renegade. So that's actually the first one of the places where you can see the programming is way different. And just the way that the buttons are mapped and stuff. It just isn't right. <laughs> it's kind of like what I thought of, like uh, AVGN, how he'll, he'll go into, like, why do they use this to jump? Like a certain game might have, like, up and a button to jump instead of, like, you know, just the button itself. So, Well, the solution for most of those is that they were ports of Commodore 64 games, and... I mean, you can tell just by when we laid the wallpaper that, you know, this is a heavily inspired C64 series at this point once Imagine and Ocean started working it. So, like, that's why this is all jacked. Like, they just basically kept it as simple as possible, like Lazy Port World, and just threw some weird-ass sprites in there. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like kind of tough too this game because you get one life that's it you know if you die then you have to continue the level but you only get you only get one continue yeah and that's after the first stage and that's pretty brutal because a lot of the bosses if you don't know how to take them out they kill you they're almost one or two hit deaths which is like now i gotta play the whole thing over again 
And I kind of thought, difficulty-wise, it probably would have been suited them better to, like, have a option there. You know, have, like, three or four continues, or three or four lives. But if you wanted to go less, you could. Um, I just think, with the monotonous battle structure of it, it doesn't lend itself to replayability. Mm-mm. Definitely not. So, once you lose, it's really disheartening. Like, if you're on the third or fourth level... It's like motherfucker, you know? Having to jump back through it, just like, ugh. Yeah, that's probably the biggest... That's where you really notice the monotony of the the combat system. And it's like, fuck. (laughs) Because you can't throw anybody. You know, you can't jump off the walls. You can't run. It's it's just so basic, you know? It's like, fuck, dude. (laughs) Yeah, this is kind of like where the series jumped the shark in a way because like the, just taking that name throwing target in front of it and then just making a substandard game did not work yeah and like what i noticed it was like kind of substandard too like so this and we'll get into the the different bosses and strategies for them but like the stage one and two boss are the exact same and also stage four and five the boss are the exact same so, like, with Double Dragon for the NES, you fight a Bobo as a boss of Mission 1, and then you confront two at the same time halfway through Mission 3. It's kind of same with the Chin boss in Mission 2 for Double Dragon, mm-hmm. where in Mission 3, you fight a bunch of Chins. So, Double Dragon has this incremental, carefully thought-out uh, positioning of of the enemies, whereas with Target, there's not much rhyme or reason to the enemy placement. Mm-mm. It's like, oh, let's just put the same boss that you just fought in the last stage instead of like putting that boss maybe as a mid boss in a later level. So, um, there's like a destination with each level. So you're like going towards a phone or towards an elevator. Yep. And then once you get to that phone, it's like you talk, you answer it, and you get your next, like, mission. That kind of reminded me of, like, Vice City, how they have those phone missions. <laughs> Where you go to the phone, and then yeah. the guy, like, tells you, do this, do that. Reporting your progress. Yeah. So, um, that that part is actually kind of nice as far as the story goes, but that's about all you're going to get. So, yeah, I just thought that the way the, the enemies were placed, they didn't really give it a lot of thought. <laughs> Well, and they also have, like, the glitches that happen, too, where if, like, you, when you, especially when you have, like, two motorcycle guys coming at you, and you just kill one, and then you kill that guy, the other motorcycle will, like, respawn. Yeah, it just keeps coming until you kill him. Until you knock both of them off their motorcycle. When you had two motorcycles in the first level, you kill one, and then the other one was, like, randomly just wouldn't come on my path, so I could jump kick him. So I would just, the other guy would walk into me, so i kill him, and then both motorcycles respawn. And then it happened again and again and again and again. <laughs> like, infinitely. So you could, like, literally, until the time runs out, just keep on racking up points. Pretty much. And the time is another thing where it's like, they don't give you a lot of time at all. <laughs> no. Ugh. It's annoying. <laughs> and there's, like, these messages, like, these CNN-style messages that scroll across the bottom of the screen, like, hurry up and stuff like that. Hurry up! Yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was unique as far as the game goes, like if you had something like an RPG, like an action RPG, yeah, or something like that, would kind of benefit from having like some messages in the bottom of the screen like that. Like Magician 
it, it's an interesting concept. You don't see that in a lot of games. But, yeah, the timing, I just, ugh, it was like, come on, man. I'd almost call it like a lot of cool stuff poorly executed in this game. It feels like drudgery to, like, fight the guys um, after a while. And there's, there's like, little things, too, that are, like, not as satisfying as, like, like the bat in Double Dragon for NES is so satisfying when you, like, smack someone with that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah. But the way that um, this game works, it's not as satisfying. The guys don't get, like, whoa, you know, like, wasted. And also, like, when you throw the wastebasket, for example, in Target Renegade, I guess you could say it's, like, the equivalent of the uh, the barrel in Double Dragon Stage 1. But it just, like, bonks off an enemy's head without much impact. It's not very satisfying at all. What's funny is you can you can bounce it off multiple enemies' heads in a single toss, which is, looks pretty funny, but... Yeah, just the satisfying element isn't there. And that's when I realized, like, that's what really... That's what really separates a good beat-em-up from a subpar one. Yeah, it's just one of those things where... Like, all of the hits just, they just don't even make a sound, basically. It's like, it's where it shows the importance of adding in sound effects properly and having a little bit of recoil animation when you hit the enemies and having a, you know, like, little destruction animation when you kill them like, looks a little more satisfying. Yeah, it was like in the, the NES Strider episode, how when you kill the boss, it's just like, it doesn't feel like there's any reward or, like, oh, this is done. So that that's an example of, like, how Strider kind of fell, too, where um, it's not like Mega Man where, you know, there's a cool little song and it's like, yeah, and the guy blows up and it's just like a epic sequence that makes you feel good. Yeah, like, all right, you're triumphant. Those little things, though, are not so little when you look at it comparatively. I wonder if, like, somebody took a video of somebody playing Target Renegade and added sound effects. <laughs> like, a little, like, fanfare, if it would, like, just be cooler to watch. Yes, it would be. Because it, it makes it feel um, a more alive, if you will, baby. It makes it feel alive, baby. <laughs> this is, like, a step above Color Dreams. That's kind of how I saw this game. Um, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh... <laughs> The thing is, though, is that I wonder how this would feel to a computer player. Because, like, for example, it really feels like... I don't know how many ZX Spectrum games you've played, but, mm, like... Not so many. <laughs> it's not that fun for me, but I'm also, like, a U.S. gamer, and so are you. So it's yeah. like... But those that grew up on it, they, like, swear by it. You know, especially, you know, British gamers. And... It's interesting because the ZX Spectrum version of this was rated number 13 in the top 100 games of all time. <laughs> like, it, in Britain. Huh. They loved it, but it's like, that's the style. So I wonder what um, they think about this over over the pond, if you will. Because, you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I just don't know. Because it has a real Commodore-y unpolished style beat because the beat-em-ups on the Commodore were not that good. Really basic, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy a lot of Commodore games, but not beat-em-ups. <laughs> There's only so much you can do. If, if you only have a few special moves, 
it's just like, dude. <laughs> yeah. After a while, there's there's no rhyme or reason to anything, and that's the problem. Like with the strategy, we always try to talk strategies with these, but really, just kick and sweep, sweep kick, and just get the health. Kick down, and then the bosses, you gotta dodge and punt kick, and dodge and kick, <laughs> and like up, and that's it. Yeah, like I, I guess that's just a good time to go into the just the boss part. Can't really go through levels because the levels are pretty trash. Like stage stage one is a parking garage type theme. Yeah. You got Bret Hart's. Yeah. <laughs> Bret the Hitman Hart's running around. So with, like, the shameless, like, rip-offs, yeah, you definitely have Bret Hart there. The main character. The main character is, like, a Billy Lee sprite, and his jump kick animation <laughs> is, like, the exact same from Double Dragon for the NES 2. They look almost identical. Yeah. Also, the, the heart the enemies drop... There's a heart in Double Dragon. This might be reaching a little bit, because, I mean, how many games have hearts in it, like Zelda? But it's interesting that <laughs> since they ripped off Billy Lee and the Jump Kick, that there's hearts in it, too. Now, for Double Dragon, the heart was like an icon to show your un- unlocked new moves. For here, their health, but it's just a- another funny thing to note, I guess. Well, and it looks like the same sprite. Yeah. They <laughs> probably either saw screenshots of Double Dragon or did something and they, they just used it. You know what I mean? Like they took a picture of Double Dragon and recreated the sprites. That's what I was thinking. I mean... And least they could have done was change the face or something. Jeez. <laughs> I know, right? It's... <laughs> and when you and when you have the musical correlation to Treasure Master, it's no surprise they reused that sprite too. <laughs> yeah, someone else noticed that online too, the, the whole Treasure Master, how it looks like the, the skateboarding guys and the Stage five, the park. For sure. Yeah. Now, um, the first stage, the boss, I call him Tire Tossing Kick Killer. <laughs> he's just, he's like this galoof. Ball-headed. Yeah, and he has this little stiff kick, <laughs> and he throws these bike tires. I think they're like the motorcycle tires from the Bret Hart's driving around. Yeah, he tosses at you. <laughs> the Bret Hart's? Because <laughs> that sprite definitely looks like Bret Hart from freaking... WrestleMania Challenge. I think it's WrestleMania Challenge. Oh, this is the Steel Cage one, right? Steel Cage one, yes. Yeah. <laughs> With this guy, that kick, though, takes, like, I wouldn't say half your life, but probably about that. <laughs> A third or something. Yeah, you might you might be able to take three of those kicks before dying, but that's it. Yeah. So, what I did, just, like, I just lured the boss to me by moving up and down, and then... You just land a kick or two and then move away immediately in an up and down fashion and just kind of keep repeating that until he falls yep. down. When you kill him, it's just like, I guess he's dead.
So stage two is also parking garage based. Number two. And the boss is the same, so. Yeah. Except for you go to the left. <laughs> yes, you actually go to the left, which is kind of unique for a beat-em-up, at least. Um, which, saying that that's unique, if that's the only thing this game has. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying, we're trying. It's what we got. <laughs> Hilarious. And then you go to stage three, and it's another parking garage theme. <laughs> Mainly games of parking garage. <laughs> Pretty much the first half. And then um, the boss with that's like this tall, green pants, muscle man guy. Yeah. And he's basically the same, except you have to punch him in the gut and get out of his way. Uh, same thing by moving up and down, like the previous two bosses. Like Jeff was saying, just like stick and move, pretty much. <laughs> That's it. But the difference with this guy, you have to punch him. So if you try kicking him, it'll backfire and he'll kick your ass. <laughs> so that's the only time you see him in the game, though. So they decide let's let's repeat stage one boss for stage two, and then we'll have this new guy at stage three and never show him again. It's really weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> like unique child, and then it's gone. <laughs> right? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and then with stage four, now we actually get downtown. Finally got that damn garage. <laughs> right? <laughs> the boss of stage four is like this Amazon hooker lady. <laughs> Amazon hooker lady. That's the best <laughs> description. It's like we're writing a freaking game FAQ right now. <laughs> <laughs> With her, though, you have to kick her and then move backwards before yeah. she does her, like, punch attack. She'll, like, move her arms around, try to knock you. But, uh, yeah, so just kick her and move backwards and then pretty much rinse and repeat but if you get too close she'll grab and slam you too yeah. um one thing i did notice with this though at this boss there's a bar or club named the roxy and it roxy and then you mm -hmm. fight the amazon type chick but it's funny because it kind of looks like roxy from final fight you know poison and roxy yeah and it's but this game came before so it's just weird ass coincidence <laughs> That would be hilarious if it wasn't just a coincidence, but... Yeah, like, if Final Fight took it, kind of... That's bizarre, though. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And that was the thought that Roxy and Poison were, like, the first she-males kind of thing yeah. in in the gaming. Well, we will, we'll have to say that Final Fight probably stole that from Target Renegade. It's really interesting. <laughs> I call the Roxy and you're facing this huge Amazon chick, though. You gotta wonder. <laughs> they stole it from Target Renegade. Yes. <laughs> Final Five was released the next year, so it's like... Yeah. In 89, in the arcades at the end of the year, so they're like, we played Target Renegade and we really liked Level 4. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> That's something that never happened. No, <laughs> nah, never. <laughs> and then uh, Stage 5, you like go to the park, and you fight the Amazon hooker lady again. We'll call her Roxy. <laughs> she she re reappears. Yeah, so it's just... Uh, man. Like, the combat system's already mundane enough. You have to, like, repeat bosses. And not even stage by stage you have to repeat them. Not, not even, like, flipping them around a little bit. Or, like, a boss rush or anything. It just throws it. <laughs> yeah. So, again, it, it's just... It just reminds me of, like, the low-budget rental that yeah. you would get. And it's, like, a little Friday night shindig 
And that's pretty much all this, that's all it is. <laughs> Friday night turd gig. Mm-hmm. And then you get to stage six, that's outside the pig pen. So the pig pen's like Mr. Big's bar, I guess. And um, the boss, is, it's not really like one boss. They're like these tall tuxedo butler bouncer guys. Yeah. Weird looking dudes. Reminds me of like the little bouncer guys from the Simpsons arcade game. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and with these guys, like, kicks, punches, and sweeps, they all work. You just, like, change them up from time to time. Don't do one for too long. Um, and they'll, like, grab you, too, so just try to avoid that. Stick and move. Yeah, and then once you get to stage seven, you just fight a bunch more of those butler bouncer guys. And then you'll finally get to Mr. Big. And then with him, he's, like, really pretty much a pushover. Yeah. And kicks, punches, and sweeps, they all work here, too. He's real small, so he's, he's kind of like um, like Grant from Castlevania Three. Mr. Big is tiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has, like, a projectile attack, which is interesting, because um, Sabu from Renegade had a projectile attack with his gun. Yeah. I, this might be reaching, but they both were green. Mr. Big's green and Sabu is green. I don't know. It might just be a coincidence, but... Well, I doubt it since this is the quote-unquote sequel. <laughs> like, they probably did that on purpose. And if Target is a pseudo-sequel to Renegade, then yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Um, now the thing is, his projectile attacks take a ton of health away, kind of like Sabu with his gun. But yeah, he's not too tough. He'll, he'll go down fairly quickly. What I thought was funny, though, like at the ending, so you save your brother, and it's exactly... Your sprite. <laughs> it's amazing. Also looks like Billy Lee, or you could say Jimmy Lee. <laughs> Bimmy. Bimmy. At this point, though, like three Bret Hart's come out, and then you get knocked out, and your brother leaves with them, basically leading the way. Yeah. So it's almost like he's the gang boss now, or he always was, but it kind of leads up to Double Dragon for the NES now, with Jimmy being the gang boss. So it's like, this is a pseudo-prequel as well. That's a prequel to Double Dragon. Yeah, because <laughs> when you start Double Dragon 1 with the NES, you, you're going to fight your brother. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty wild. It's hilarious. Like, he grew up a lot between Target Renegade and Double Dragon. <laughs> yeah, and they tried to put it somewhere in between the two. So you can tell they were like, Technos fans, most likely. Yeah, they definitely were, and like it's it's just hilarious. The the game itself though is just subpar, sub subpar. The music too kind of repeats, which since the music's the best part, and most games have a song or two that repeats. But with that, there's this song. I can't remember what stage it is, but it's got like the wailing siren at the beginning. Oh jeez. I mean, I was like, good God, if please don't let this be the entire song. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> but it only goes for like, I don't know, 10 seconds or something, and then it goes away. It only goes for like an hour and a half. Make <laughs> <laughs> you throw the TV. <laughs> so, interestingly, is like, this game isn't half as bad as its sequel, though. Yes, so let's, that's a good point. Let's, let's go into that a little bit. Renegade 3, the final chapter. For, <laughs> the one that I knew about is the Commodore 64 version. It's like, 
You got like a giant jaw, jaw looking dude. <laughs> it's like horrible and like <laughs> it kind of looks like the guy from the Adventures of Rad Gravity, like on the box art. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, like, you go through and you're playing in, like, Stone Age and then um, Egypt and then medieval times and then, like, the future. Jeez. It's so terrible. The bat animation, like, when you grab a bat, is, like, even worse than Target Renegade. What's what's hilarious, though, is coming full circle is that there was, like, a, um... Because how bad it is, it's, like, it's completely, like, destroyed by everyone. But... Hilariously, um, there was a video of of a version of it, the Amstrad CPC version, and one of the one of the guys who um, was in this video was Larry Bunny Jr., who's now written for a couple of my books. <laughs> oh yeah, Larry, yeah, yeah, Larry, Guru Larry, like he was actually part of <laughs> the reception and destroying Renegade Three, the final <laughs> chapter. That's pretty badass, actually. <laughs> this goes deep. <laughs> well, because he used to be a, a television like presenter in like in Britain, in Britain, like in the UK. Like he was on TV and shit back when he was younger. Damn. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like crazy. But like, but yeah, Renegade Three is just like if you think Rene- Target Renegade is bad, you think we're trashing that. Like Renegade Three, holy shit. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, I guess just a few like rip off other rip-off aspects for Target Renegade. Um, so we, Oh, my God. We went into Bret Hart. Now, the, the motorcycles are, like, straight out of Renegade. Yeah. You know? And there's even, like, Linda-type enemies. It kind of reminded me of Double Dragon, but that might be reaching again, because until there's females in a game, you can't really say that's Linda, but... That you beat the shit out of. <laughs> it's Bruce Lee's ex-wife again. <laughs> And the f- <laughs> the fact that they've ripped off so much already just kind of makes you wonder. Um, also, Double Dragon Mission Two, the Bat Weapon, for sure. And also, Stage Three by the Boss. There's like a really similar fence texture. A fence texture, yes. Yeah, but w- when you look at it, like it looks exactly like the fence that you climb in Mission Two of the NES Double Dragon. That same fence that you get like the uh, the Bat Glitch. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I bet that they took a lot of sprites out of Double Dragon. Another one, too, like, so Stage 5, the park, it's like the entire forest stage theme of Double Dragon Mission 3. Jeez. On the NES. And, like, look at the tall grass. It looks crazy similar as the tall grass in Double Dragon. Um, It's just, it's it's too close. It just can't be a coincidence. <laughs> Almost need to do, like, a shot-for-shot comparison and destroy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that was probably the funnest part of researching this, was just seeing all, like, the rip-offs aspects. Freaking hilarious. Like, so many. Like, that was the probably the only fun part about this whole thing <laughs> was that finding the freaking garbage versions of, like, what it stole from. It's kind of important to play a game like this once in a while, to realize the difference in, like, what makes a truly great game and kind of shows you, like, what they did or didn't do. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that, like, that whole, I don't know, the Ocean software label itself just was, like, 
not some of the some of the games were okay, and then some of the games were excellent. But like most of them were like again like right in the same year as Target Renegade, that label also released Bad Dudes, and Bad Dudes on the NES is okay. Yeah, it's okay. It, it could have been so much more though. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean the year before when they did Renegade, they also did Athena. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that game's pretty awful. Yeah. They also did, uh, the year before that, they did Russian Attack. Okay. Yeah, it's it's alright. All the games have, like, issues. That's probably the best of all those. Well, the best that they released, I would say, is Salamander, a.k.a. Life Force. But that was, like, obviously, they Konami did the ultimate version, but the Ocean version on the Commodore, it's not that good. And that's the thing. Ocean released a bunch... But they didn't necessarily do the NES versions. Yeah, it was like retooled. So if you think the NES version of Russian Attack's bad, try the Ocean version on the Commodore. Just wait. God. What grade do you want to give a Target? <laughs> well, speaking of that, like just looking at Renegade, like what what makes Renegade great as far as a grade goes? Uh, the fighting system... The fighting system in itself is fun, because you can do so many different things. You can throw guys... There's variety. You can throw guys into each other. You can jump kick off walls, and you can run, and run and punch, and... Without all of that, um, this game's... I'm not gonna pull any punches. I'd give it, like, a D. A solid D. (laughs) Because... The fact that there's no replayability, or very, very little, and then they make it fucking, like, super hard... So, okay, the fact that a boss can kill you in one or two hits, um, potentially, and you only have, like, one life and one continue to get back to that boss, you have to figure out, like, how to kill him. So, if he just kills you, then you have to start all the way over at the beginning, just to get another chance to try to figure out how to kill him. So, without, like, game FAQs or something like that, I can see this game being, like, a huge pain in the ass. And it just... It, it doesn't lend itself to say, play me. No. It punishes you. <laughs> this is the game that I played instead of Renegade back in the day, so I really hated it. And that's why I, I wanted to do it, too, because, yeah, we all, like a lot of us played this as kids. And I, I won't even give it a D. It's an F game for me. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck this game. <laughs> like, like, literally, as soon as we put this on the homework, like I was like, all right, I played it. I'm done. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how it is, though. It Trash world. <laughs> there's nothing about it that is welcoming. No. A game should be, it should want you to play it. It should be like, play me. <laughs> whispers to you play me but it's like the opposite it's like you know what fuck you I'm gonna kill you in one hit and you gotta get all the way back here just for another chance all the way back <laughs> whereas like with, with Renegade the the end part with the maze is where I can see a lot of people docking it but it's so short that like it's not a big deal yeah to get back there so it, it kind of lends itself to that I love the play me <laughs> oh, you want to play me again? I, I kept thinking of, like, Secret Scout when I was playing this, because it's just so color dream. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. The guys aren't really that different from each other, save for, like, one little move or something. And then you play something like River City Ransom, where you can actually go into the buildings and, like, shop and go down alleys, and it's like, holy moly. 
Yeah, there's no fucking comparison. Good <laughs> lord. Oh. <laughs> the fact that we've done like a 40 minute episode on this game is amazing. <laughs> yeah, because there's not really much to like substance here. And really, I wanted to mention Renegade 3, so Kyle didn't make me play Renegade 3, so it's good. <laughs> it's good now. <laughs> Please. Please don't make me. Yeah, I think we're we're done with crappy games for a while. No, <laughs> no. I don't want to. <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting because it makes you think like how AVGN's good at doing bad games. We're we're more about the doing the good games. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more fun to talk about stuff that doesn't suck. I mean, this is probably a really fun episode to listen to while we're trashing the shit out of the game. I mean. As long as there's reasoning to it, just picking it apart for all the, the mundaneness that it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to to rip it apart, but it's not fun to uh, to dedicate more than like a minute to it. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I think that the classic is is doing all the the rip off variations. That's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seeing what they grabbed and where it's like pseudo places and the beat 'em up timeline exactly yeah so i guess that just about covers it there we go that's a wrap thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right. See you later. Woo. Later.